the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibson. Each week I'll be sharing a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading transformation coach, helping you to release resistance around money, success and self-worth and to see the limitless potential within yourself to be, do and have anything that your heart desires. My aim for this podcast is to share incredible insights into how to create a champion mindset and live the life that you were born to live with confidence, ease and belief. So are you ready to transform your life from the inside out? Let's go. Welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by an amazing lady called Gundiga. Gundiga is an absolute inspiration as far as I'm concerned. I was drawn into her energy the moment I met her. Her story is phenomenal, having left her country, a high-paying job, to effectively rescue her mum from an abusive relationship. She moved over to the UK to follow her dreams, not being able to speak the language, uh, with very little money between the two of them and no job to come to. She took that leap of faith because she knew and she dreamt of a better life. What I love about Gundiga is that she never gives up And she always has a smile on her face. And what you'll see throughout this story, this episode, is just how passionate and how resilient she is and how humble she is. Um, But she has this underlying confidence and thread to just keep going. And despite being faced with numerous doubts, I think at one point, 250 rejections in one day, she never, ever gave up on creating a better life for herself and for her mum. And so I'm really, really excited to dive into this episode and share her insights into how she managed to navigate through the self-doubt to keep going, how she managed to find the confidence to live in a world not, not or country, not being able to speak their language, and to go on and create amazing things, not just in the corporate world, but then taking that second leap and moving into the business world herself. So Without further ado, welcome. Now, I apologise if I didn't say your name correctly. It's always one of those, oh gosh, am I saying it right moments. But welcome. How are you? Uh, thank you so much, Emma. I'm very happy to be here. And you pronounced my name perfectly. And yes. actually, my name meaning in English means buttercup. So oh, wow. Gundiga means buttercup, yes. Oh, that's beautiful, Gundiga. <laughs> See, I love the name Gundiga. It's just I'm not used to saying it, and I hate to get people's names wrong, and I always shorten people's names as well. <laughs> um, but what I did with that intro was just basically take a lot of your words because um, you, you clearly have gone through a lot of massive life uh, life changing decisions and in in the terms that I use a lot of big leaps and um, for me today I'm really really super excited to talk to you a lot more about pushing beyond that fear because I have teetered on the edge for many years on lots of things where I'm right on the edge of wanting to do something and I see it in so many different people where we're right at the cusp we dip our toe in and then fear gets in the way and sadly some people then don't ever pursue that goal because the fear is just too much. Now, what I love about you and what came through in that introduction was that regardless of the fear and and the doubt of which you have experienced and, you know, and have now learned to manage it in, in an amazing way, 
But regardless of all of that, you just blocked out distraction. You got really, really uh, focused on what it is that you needed to do in order to create the life that you wanted to create. And then you went on a mission to, to make it happen. Um, and I think there's so much motivation and inspiration that can come from that. And I'm really, really um, excited to just find out how you've managed to do that because it's such a unique skill that very, very few of us can actually manage and we all could benefit from learning a lot more from. So I'd love to know whether this is something that you were born with. Were you, have you always been this determined or has life helped you to learn how to be fearless? Um, thank you so much, Emma, for everything that you said. It really warms my heart <laughs> to hear that, yes. And uh, secondly, I think that um, it's probably a little bit of both. Probably first is, yes, I, I most likely have been born to be a little bit more determined maybe than others. Uh, mm -hmm. However, um, I think I got also um, quite... Um, few lessons coming along my way since my childbirth and just as you as you talked uh, I actually start remembering more and more and um, uh, first thing that I want to mention is when I was five I got into a terrible accident wow. and uh, during that accident uh, I got um, four fourth degree scars um, all over my face mm -hmm. and body Mm -hmm. And uh, I was dancing already at four years old. And uh, so, so basically, this accident taught me to feel uncomfortable in my skin and, and still pursue dancing as well as a kid. I was dancing 10 years. Actually, I was dancing 12 years from three until my 15. Yeah, 13 years. <laughs> yeah. So... And uh, going on the dance floor and having a scar on my face and people pointing towards me. And anyway, regardless that, to do your job and to dance and get those first places. And uh, regardless, just to show the world that you can dance. That was probably my first uh, muscle building, uh, my um, uh, muscle of overcoming fears and overcoming self-doubts, yes. So, and then followed when I was 16, I left my home mm -hmm. for good and started building my own life in um, other city. Mm -hmm. uh, then when I was 18, two years later, I moved completely on the other, other part of the Latvia, away from my parents, wow. to start my um, proper jobs because from the 18 we were allowed to start uh, official jobs in Latvia mm -hmm. uh, from 16 you can start just the part-time jobs and from 18 you can start properly live your own life so and again I was a new environment new friends new life new me <laughs> so and I love that feeling of freedom I love that feeling of building my own life and understanding that everything is in my only my power and there is nobody who will um, give me something, show me something, do something for me. I always was relying only on my own powers. I started my jobs. Uh, I was, uh, I was uh, going through university at that age. Um, and um, part-time, I was part-time evenings, actually. I was, I was, um, I was uh, working initially part-time. It was just a 
literally first two months and I went to full-time work obviously to have a in a capital city we had large expenses to rent the flat and everything yes and I have uh, no one helped me with that so yeah so in short um, when I was back in Riga uh, there was a small leap that I need to do in order to set my financial career early on mm. and uh, when I was working, my first job was just to have, um, I was working in a shoe store. Then I used to work for some couple of months. I used to work also in clothing, clothing store. And uh, I told my fr- uh, friends and colleagues, that I want to work in banking, in, in banking, yes. Uh, and I just, um, I was in university, in the first grade university at that point, and my friends and colleagues were saying, when you won't get a job in banking, who will take you in the banking? Because you have no higher education yet, yes? Mm. You have no experience, you have no connections, yes? So, and I sort of, try me. <laughs> so I went to apply for a lot of jobs in uh, uh, Riga, in capital city of Latvia, in the banking, and I got very quickly responses from uh, high street banks and not just uh, some banks but they were really um, highly reputable banks Mm. with uh, really amazing careers and uh, and I in one month I was working in a banking (laughs) so I started building my professional financial career even though I was just in the first grade in university so I was I was barely 19 when I started working in finances Uh, but um, my management, they believed in me uh, and I believed in myself as well, even though I also obviously doubted, can I do a job? It was like more like, you know, hit or miss, you know, uh, it was like a hit or miss. Why should I not take an action if I can win, you know, mm-hmm. like why I should say to myself, no, I can't do it because I'm just in the first grade, yes, or I don't have this, uh, you know, connections or, you know, somebody who could help me to get a job yes I was I I thought to myself I will try I will do my best and if I can get the job why not yes so and that probably will be my will be my approach also in the following years I always take a chance I will take a chance (laughs) I love that I love that and you know you just mentioned Mm -hmm. that big word belief you believed in yourself and your and the management that that took you on believed in yourself and and like you said, you know, even at age five, when you were dancing um, and you were recovering from the accident, that belief in yourself, that inner confidence um, was really shining through then, wasn't it? And, and that, you know, just hearing you speak, it's almost like, you know, some people would say, oh, well, I use people's doubts to prove me wrong. But it, I think it's even more than that. Like sometimes for you that there was there was no doubt there was an opportunity and if you could do it you would do it and yeah. you could dance on yourself without without allowing the what ifs the buts and the maybes to come through it was like you know I want to get into finances so I'm gonna get into finances and they're really powerful choices to, to make and uh, and a really lovely position to be in because quite often people will go I want to get into finances and they hear everyone talking about it and then they'll be, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I'm not qualified, or maybe no, people won't take a chance on me, and half-heartedly try, or try with a, a different energy. Whereas it was almost, I imagine, people took a chance on you because you ooze confidence that made them believe that they could take a chance on you. 
yeah, I think you are so right. It was never actually about other people um, saying they can't and then I would prudence they can. But mm. it always was that I had a big um, uh, passion for certain things in my life, a big picture of fate in front of me. I had a very good connection to my future, what I want to do. Mm. And uh, once I see that picture in my head, there is nothing can stop really and me going and achieving it. Uh, and even when comes some um, like self-doubts or, for example, okay, you are not qualified enough or you are not uh, good enough who you are to work in a bank. Why you? Yes. I'm taking my chance. Why I should decide for others? Yes. Uh, I was there for interviews. I was shining through happiness just because I'm there, because they invited me for interview, yes. Mm -hmm. And I was the youngest, uh, you know, ever, I think, employee in the bank for years. There because, you know, I was so happy just being there. And I think that happiness and that enthusiasm and optimism was exactly what they needed for the clients as well, yes, because yeah, I was yeah. really appreciating my job, yes. And I was, I was four years in the role, uh, the best customer service officer among um, how many thousands of people works in the banks in Latvia, yes. Mm. But I always had this uh, title year after year. I was four years best investment product seller in Latvia banking as well. So why those titles are coming? Because I was really enjoying. I never do something I don't, don't enjoy, yes. But I really enjoyed that, yeah. It's <laughs> something yeah. else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which again, you know, is so, so important. And I can guarantee probably 80%, if not higher, of the people that are listening to this right now have hated their job at some point, but have not, have been too scared to do something mm -hmm. about it. Um, and, and so, you know, and we get in that cycle and we're like, oh, it's not that bad. Or, you know, it pays the bills. I've got a mortgage to pay. I'd love to do this, but but I can't. And we will just go around in, in those sort of cycles of talking. Um, but, you know, your example of when you love and enjoy something and you appreciate it and you chase it and you go for it, it just brings a whole other energy um, to it. And you ooze that, you know, I can see that in you now. And I can imagine the people that you work with could. You touched on the fact that you... Once it was in your head um, as a visualization, it was pretty much done. Can you just break that down a little bit more for people? Because we all hear about visualizations and there's a lot of people that, that can't visualize. They're not, you know, that wired to, to do that. Um, but you can do it through a journaling process mm -hmm. or whatever. <laughs> but I'd love to know just the concept of it, um, the structure that can then be positioned any which way people want. What kind of things did you go through? Uh, yeah, um, I think the most important thing that uh, I remember myself doing across the years, I like to watch myself in the mirror, not because how beautiful I am, obviously, but it was I like to watch myself reflection in the mirror. And I, I used to ask myself, uh, who you want, who you are, and who you want to become, um, and this was something I never read this some in some journals or I, at that point I even didn't know that what is manifestation or law of attraction. I didn't do meditations at that point. I wasn't at that level spiritually, yes, spirituality as well. So, but I love to look at myself in the mirror and ask myself those deep questions: who you are now and who you want to become. And um, very often I. Um, 
was seeing myself as a financially secure person in front of me, even though I'm coming from a scarcity family and a scarcity mm. background. But um, when I saw that reflection, and even more if I had the music, good music next to me at that point, somehow I felt that I can actually become the person I want, financially secure. And, you know, I could imagine clearly what kind of uh, clothes I have on myself, how I go, how I, uh, how I present myself to others, yes, is who I speak. Um, you know, I somehow that imagination was not uh, uh, taught by somebody to me. It was just in my head. I was imagining things. I was imagining the life I want to have. Everything. Who who are the people around me? Who are the what are the things I'm touching? Yes. Mm. What kind of food I'm eating? Yes. And all those kind of things. And I used to do it maybe once a week when I was young, when I was 18, 19 years old. I was once a week. It was enough for me to connect to that future. Now, when I look back and when I'm made more spiritual person today, yes. And when I look back and I can realize, yes, what I was doing, I was manifesting. I was actually, now today I'm energy healer as well. Yes, I'm, I'm energy healer. And I know that if you connect to your, uh, to your future ideal version of yourself and you can embody that energy, yes, that's when magic happens. So, but 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I had no idea about these things. I was naturally doing those things without actually acknowledging. I was just connecting with my energetics because I was feeling so good seeing myself where I can be. And my task was now to do the action. So yeah. once I can connect it, I was thinking, okay, what are the technical, practical things I can do? Okay, apply for the jobs in the banks. Okay, move countries. Okay, start your business. Yes. So this is my just the kind of when you connect emotionally with something you want, then physically in physical reality, you need to do action to actually to accomplish it. Yes. It's not that difficult if you uh, realize the power of. Uh, imagination is you, you don't really need to be a skilled to imagine you can imagine and you can journal somebody just journaling writing down things what they like yes um you know in the details what kind of husband you want what kind of life you want yes but in it doesn't matter if you're journal or if you're or you just imagine or you dance and imagine so what matters is that what people i think often forget is that action part but once mm -hmm. you stop doing it, you need to come up with action. Okay, what you are going to do it now to get that husband you want, yes, or yeah. what you will do to get, you know, all the kind of things you want in your life. One hundred percent. And you hit the nail on the head. There is like too often we can daydream or, um, you know, with manifestations and stuff, and we think, well, I thought it, and it's not landed in my lap. Therefore, it just doesn't work. And it's like, well, no, you've actually got to take the action. But the action doesn't feel as scary when you're so super clear on what it is that you want to achieve. Um, how, but a lot of people focus on the how part. How did you not focus on the how part or break it down to the point that it wasn't um, paralyzing in any way, it was manageable? In particular, you know, making that choice to leave Latvia, to, to take your mum out of the country and away from the relationship mm -hmm. um, and to risk it all really because you had, you know, your friends there, you had a high-powered, um, high-paid job. Um, you didn't speak the language, which is very, very daunting. 
um, you know, to, to do all of that, um, knowing that eventually you weren't turning your back on your career, your heart and your soul was in finances. But I know when you first moved over to the UK, that's not what you did. Um, and so I'd love to just unravel that part while mixing in sort of how you managed to keep focusing on what you needed to do without getting caught up in the how all of the time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, first, I um, first I had a really, really big desire to help. That came naturally out of my heart just to help my mom. So that was all I could see is that I need to help. And uh, secondly, I knew that by, if I can say, sacrificing something in my life, and letting go of my past, I knew deeply inside me that life will give me something better. I had a faith in it, yes. So next thing that happened was that I realized that I don't need to see the full road and full um, how I will achieve everything I want. I realized that I need to know the very first steps that I will do. So when I was, uh, so from the decision, to actually moving countries to three months. Mm. So it was the decision. So I uh, I complete my bachelor's degree in Latvia. I protect my diploma thesis. And the next day I was on the plane. I yeah. haven't go again. <laughs> I haven't gone on my prom. Yeah, I didn't go on prom, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, next day I was on the plane. And I remember that I didn't know how I will find a job, how I will do without my language. I was not even thinking about those things, but I, what I was uh, focusing on that those days before my flight, uh, flight, it was how my great, how great my life will be there, how amazing my mom will feel, how I will manage to make my future there. I was not even going buzzed uh, about things that, you know. Um, how, how to say, don't jump before it happens, yes? I was not really getting an anxiety yet at that point, even though I know that the majority of people would probably freak out. Yeah. And, you know, and I didn't really tell to know. It was just really closest people who knew I'm moving because I knew if I will tell more people, they will say, are you crazy to move countries with no language? Are you crazy, crazy? And I was not even uh, going there. I told just my family members and just my closest friends who obviously accepted my decision and mm. wished me good luck yes <laughs> so so yes I uh, quit my job and I got a flight to uh, so actually my flight was to Birmingham initially right. but the day before Birmingham a day before flight I changed it to London so what I bought I bought tickets from Birmingham to London so mm. <laughs> um so I'm so we had a flight into Birmingham and I was my English was so poor that I could not really understand what the train uh, uh, inspector who was going around there were explaining me about the where is where is my train where I need to uh, exchange tickets so it was so poor that I barely could understand yes but I somehow managed to understand and I got into London yes with my mom and um I had in last minute, I had agreement with one person I knew who would give me a temporary, temporary living place for it was a week or two. Yes. Right. So, and I had 500 pounds in my pocket, knowing that for me and my mom, it would be enough for two weeks maximum anyway. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so for London, yes. Mm. So in uh, day second, I was going um, 
every single shop. I was going with my CV. Um, I got printed my CVs with myself, yes, and I was trying to get a job and mm. obviously nobody was giving me a job because I didn't go didn't got national insurance number yes which I didn't account for when I moved yeah. for yes so which was fine I um, I went I did insurance number I, I needed still to, to wait and uh, obviously in the moment when I didn't have this uh, national insurance number and um it was really difficult to get a job. And mm. even if I was going to agencies, it was really difficult for me to understand what they're actually saying to me. <laughs> so yeah. it was tough. It was the uh, first, first week, um, first actually 10 days, mm. I didn't get a job. And it was tough. And uh, if I tell you honestly that I didn't get ang- uh, anxious and I didn't uh, got my tears somewhere left in London, I would definitely lie. I was excited, but I was also anxious. And on day 10, I actually was tearful and I was sitting uh, in the park and I was thinking, oh, you know, that's it, you know, I won't make it, yes. Mm. And um, and then I said to myself, you know, I brushed my tears off and I said to my how can I tell to my mom that I can't make it, you know? And then I was thinking, no, no way. I, I, got a, I got a baby, we'll do something here. So what I did, I went back to agency uh, who were trying to talk to me. <laughs> so, and I was saying yes to a lot of things. Yeah. Yes, yes, even I didn't really understood, but I said yes, yes, yes. And I got a job as a housekeeper. Mm. I was the most happiest person Emma, after working in a banking in Latvia for seven years. I was the most happiest person to get a job as a housekeeper in London. Mm. So I, I told my mom, I got a job. Everything is amazing. Yes. So we are staying. And um, so, yes, um, uh, first, um, so I used to work as a housekeeper for five days. Mm. Uh, and I never got paid for it. <laughs> oh, not really? <laughs> yes, because because I uh, on day six I was already working in money transferring company in finances, and uh, I didn't even notice, and they didn't pay me, so <laughs> it's okay uh, because um, the next job just gave me advance payment, who actually helped me to cover my expenditure. So what happened there? Yes, so it so made me feel even with everything. So, but what I want to tell you, when I was in uh, housekeeping, first of all, I learned how to do bedding. It's amazing how I'm, I'm good now with my making my bedding in the house. Mm. Yes, I'm really efficient with it. I, I learned how to clean the house. Yeah. I, so I basically learned new skills. And mm. yes, I had my colleagues there who, was ask, who were asking me what you were doing before, before this, yes. And uh, they were laughing at me. They was honestly, people were quite um, cruel. They yeah. were laughing at me, yes. So after banking job, I'm here at housekeeping, yes. So really funny, you know. And I was, I was, but I was thinking to myself, right, you know, anyway, these are just, this is temporary. I knew that I will do something. Because in the meantime, every single day I was applying for other jobs. And mm. on day six, I already was back in financial job and in money transfer company. So yeah, that's how it happened at the first. I mean, that, that in itself is just, is just incredible because... You're sat there explaining all of that with a massive smile on your face. And I know obviously <laughs> hindsight is a great thing because you, you've got an amazing life now. But that must have been so, so scary. But what's really come through for, for me is the importance of your why. And you said that when you were sat in the garden, uh, in the park, sorry, um, on day 10, thinking, I'm not going to, we've made a mistake, this just isn't going to work out. 
And then you wiped your tears away and said, how can I let my mum down? I can't let my mum down. I need to keep going. Um, and when we have a why that powerful, we find a way. Yes. Um, and that's why when people say, what is your why? Like really connect to your why, because your why is so unique to anybody else. And it's the why beneath the why, because we can all have a bog standard answer as to why we want to do something. Well, I want to make more money or I want to, you know, um, be in the financial industry or, you know, I want to move or want to work in that department. But why? And when you drill down your why to a point where it gets you right in your heart, then no matter what happens, you find a way. And you just never gave up there. Um, and within six days on from that, you're back in the financial industry, which is phenomenal. Something. Absolutely, I'm absolutely, and I can even tell you, uh, my mom was witness, and she will never, she will, she can confirm it. You know, I went to Westfield Shopping Center in Stratford just mm. on day nine, on day ten. It was the day when I, when I, literally, when when I had tears. That was the day, yeah. and I went through every single shop with my CV. Mm. I was asking for jobs, and I got rejection after rejection. It mm. was some, I will not lie. I got uh, one day. I got some. 250 rejections wow yes and uh, you know and they were even one shop uh, where they asked me to not come back again because I was coming there twice (laughs) (laughs) yes they already was there twice (laughs) so they don't have jobs and and that was the day yes because it wasn't the first it wasn't day four where I was getting so many rejections and I just after so many rejections I could that's what I yeah I got a little bit of um, sensitive but as you say I hold myself back together. I connected also with my why, yes. And I realized that there has to be a way. I just need to find it. And I went back to the recruitment agency next day. And I said yes to everything, even I didn't understood what about they are talking half of it, yes. And but ultimately, I got a job. So <laughs> I was happy. So, so yes. was oh, my God. I just, I just love, I love hearing what you say. Because <laughs> it's about realigning. It's about... I mean, the rejection is hard at the best of times, but when you're in that not desperate situation, but everything is brand new and you're kind of lost in this own brand new city with no real connections with a mum that is dependent on you Mm -hmm. at that point, that's a lot, a lot of pressure to put yourself under, but you manage to use it to drive you rather than use it to crumble Exactly. And that's a real powerful thing. And I'm imagining, and correct me if I'm wrong, that then also goes back to the why. Yeah. Like regardless, it's not the how that's important, it's the why. And then the how comes after. If you know why you want to do something and you're willing to do it at whatever cost, you know that eventually you will get there. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It you might this. not be the route you originally thought it was. Um, yeah. 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 With those people laughing at you and mocking you when you were housekeeping, and then, like a few days later, you're back doing what you love in the banking industry. Yeah. Um, you know, while they're probably still housekeeping right now. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And and that's yeah. the difference: is that your drive, your why got you out of that they're mocking you often when people mock it's a judge it's a reflection of what's going on inside of them they probably would love to get in the banking industry but have just never 
given themselves the opportunity. It's not that they can't, they've just not given themselves the opportunity. Whereas you were willing to do what it took to get going and yeah. then paid off. And that I, I just love, I just <laughs> love, absolutely love. So moving in back into the financial industry, still not being able to speak English fully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just talk me through how you managed to navigate through that because you're in a familiar environment, but not in a f- familiar environment. And so comparisons can kind of come in then, I'm imagining. Um, yeah, so I was really, really lucky because my first financial job was where the manager was Latvian. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So she was actually Latvian herself. And um, and the company where I was working for, money transfer company, they were... Uh, I, I need to utilize my Latvian, English, and Russian skills. So I also speak Russian. So, mm-hmm. so basically, my very first company where I, where I worked around one year, um, it was uh, back in finances. It was something where, you know, I was allowed this transition. I, mm-hmm. got, I got my English client calls, but they were maybe one out of five. I still could speak Latvian and Russian with the people because that was money transfer company, which was working with the Eastern Europe. So, and when I was there, um, transitioning myself, um, I was already applying for the jobs in accounting mm-hmm. uh, and into uh, purely in English uh, speaking environment, because I knew it's that I need to um, get in between among English speakers to improve my English as soon as possible. And in the meantime, I was looking for uh, education um, possibilities where I can actually go through um, a formal uh, education within England as well. So, and that was also that was the, the tri- uh, trigger moment and point for me how I will be able to learn in English. Mm. Uh, can I actually do it? Can I actually be able to learn uh, all the materials in English and to go through for, uh, formal for five years training here? Yes. Mm. So where I will be getting finances and all those kind of things were creeping in my mind. Yes. So I eventually got it in. I managed to uh, get in. Uh, get get in. Uh, I managed not only get in, but across all those five years I passed all my exams with first attempt which is really rarely here <laughs> with the first attempt and with a high level of uh, results and uh, and how I managed to learn English is because I was studying in English and after one year I was purely in the, the English community and working with the English clients and everything was just English 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 and that was my that was my what I really wanted, yes, and a lot of people back in that job in money transfer company, they were even, you, you know, um, do you really want it? I said, I really want it. I came here to integrate. Mm-hmm. I came here to be part of England. I came here for to stay for long term, for all my life possibly, yes. And yeah. for me, it was important to be among and learn uh, history, learn language, learn things, because I wanted really, really integrate. So, and I was so uh, pleased and blessed when after, uh, after one year, since from the day I moved, I was already uh, properly in between English English, not just speaking, English-speaking people, but between English people, yes. Wow. And uh, my second manager was amazing. 
he was just he he remembers uh, i remember him today and he remembers we are still communicating up to today yes because um i remember how he had interview with me and i was sometimes struggling to explain everything what i wanted but he has such a um i don't know enthusiasm for me and he has he was just saying that he believes and he just loves the energy i'm bringing to company and he was the first person actually who uh, allowed me to make a really strong root base here in financial career in england yeah wow <laughs> i totally understand where he's coming from your energy is just like <laughs> you light up a room i mean you're smiling constantly I know people can't necessarily see that, but I'm imagining they can probably feel it through the sound waves, whatever it is. The, the audio. <laughs> it's, it is so, it is contagious. You're, it just shows how contagious your energy, energy full stop is, positive and negative. But people look at you and they don't doubt you. And again, your why, because you desperately wanted to integrate with the country, came through and carried you through. And again, what I love is that you purposefully put yourself in an uncomfortable position, surrounded by English people and applying for English-only jobs, meaning you had no backup, no way to, to or excuse to not do it. You were like, I need to do it. And the best way I can do it is to make myself accountable to do it. Therefore, I'm going to actively seek English-only positions because I've got no choice then but to do it. And I love that because we can procrastinate and, and make excuses till the cows come home. But when you're accountable for something, there's a shift, regardless of whatever anyone is doing. If you're accountable, we don't like letting people down. And so you made yourself uh, accountable and put yourself in an uncomfortable position, knowing that it would force you to grow, which is where growth and confidence really come from. And again, it really highlights how proximity is power. Like the more you integrate with other people of power or of English speaking um, language or whatever it may be, that it, how it brings you up, like we absorb whatever mm -hmm. goes on. And it just shows that if you surround yourself with the right people, then you will naturally be guided and you will naturally expand and, and naturally grow. It is just, it's just beautiful hearing what you're saying. Um, and, you know, it seems to come very easy to you, but you have said that there have been wobbles of, am I good enough? Can I actually do this? Can I even really get to, to, um, to speak English and fully integrate? Now, I know that we've touched on really connecting to the why, and that has been a massive driver, but were there any other techniques or strategies that you were really pulling on at that point that perhaps other people can take and use for themselves um so when i was just about to join um uh, globally recognized accounting uh, community um acca which is really great for accountants it's really powerful and highly reputable um accounting education mm -hmm. um when I was listening and I was asking myself, can I actually do it? Can I go through these four or five years and can I pass all these exams? Yes. Um, I remember I was looking at the teacher 
in front of me. He was speaking so fluently English. I, half, I couldn't even understood half what, what he was saying. Mm. Yes. Mm. And uh, I went to the English teacher. Uh, uh, sorry, this was, uh, he was teach, teacher there, English speaking, but he was teaching accounting, yes. After the lesson, I went to him and I told him, look, uh, I'm not native English speaker. And uh, I still struggle with the English because it was just the second year when I was here in England. Mm. Yes. And he looked at me and he said, Gundaga, would you believe that if, if uh, I would say that 10 years ago, I wasn't a fluent English speaker? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? And in that moment, I realized if he can do it, I also can. So this is what helped me as well. This is, I think, if... Uh, if we don't make assumptions very quickly, if we look again for some anchor and to trust, if we are lacking that self-trust, how about to go to speak the other person and how they did it? How about to get this uh, trust and uh, um, remove the self-doubt if you just listen around to other people also did amazing things, yes? So if somebody can, then why you can't? Every, everyone can, yes? So, so this helped me massively when I can see the real examples when other people who I, they admire, but they also started somewhere. And mm -hmm. it was amazing. I never failed any exam because I was studying hard. Yes, it took harder maybe for me. Maybe I needed to read the book three times, not one time. Yes, yeah. but still I didn't fail. I, I, you know, I absorbed all the information and I really loved, again, I really loved what I do. My mom, she was uh, witnessing me across all my exams and I was saying, mom, don't bother me. I'm studying. Yes, I'm studying. Yes. Uh, and I was always saying with such enthusiasm because I was really happy studying. Yes, because I was really keen and interested because I want to help businesses. That's what, again, my goal i wanted to help the businesses that's that's what i do for a living that was my already profession yes and i was eager to understand every single budgeting detail every single financial accounting principle people will be saying a lot of people were saying even now when i was learning accounting it was the most terrible um most boring education or something for me it was the most interesting to know all those niggle principles yes because today i can apply in my job yes so yeah I think, again, this is connecting to your passion, because if your passion is bigger than your self-doubt, there is no reason. It's like a scales. If you, what you are measuring and what you are putting your attention more to your self-doubt or your passion, I was focusing on the passion all the time. Mm -hmm. And yes, I had a self-doubt. I'm not good enough. I will not be able to learn English. I uh, I will not be accepted by English people. I had one moment this doubt, but what I did instead, I went even more in between English people. And each time when I met people who were openly smiling to me, my first uh, landlord where I rented studio flat in London, they were British, mm. such a beautiful people. We are still after nine years, we are having communication. We are still in contact, even though I'm in the other part of the country now. <laughs> yeah. But we are still having relationships because they remember me and I remember them and they were the most beautiful souls. I just could be blessed. I couldn't be even more blessed to have such a beautiful people around me. Yes. So yeah, I think it's just a getting confirmation and to following your faith. Yes. If you are thinking that you are not good enough, then why you are thinking it and proving to yourself that you are actually good enough. I love that. And I love that you went up and spoke to that guy and he said, you know, obviously he couldn't speak English until 10, uh, 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. 
And you were then, well, if he can do it, so can I. And that, that in itself is if you can see it around you, it means it's available for you. If they can do it, then you can do it. But the difference is, is then learning how to get from where you are to where you want to be in the best possible way. And often this is where people slip up and think, I have to do it on my own. Um, you know, I need to save money and time, blah, blah, blah. And whereas you were like, right, if he can do it, I can do it. And I need to learn from him as to what he did because it will help me get there quicker. And it's being open to learning from other people. And, you know, there is, we're, we're in a, a really privileged position at the moment in that there is so much support out there for people if they want it. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can guide and support you in ways that your immediate support network can't. Um, and you've just highlighted how proximity is power. And if you're surrounding yourself by pe with people who are where you want to be, you up your game, your attitude, your mindset, everything totally shifts. You show up as a better version of, of yourself already. You're already upgrading yourself because you're trying to, I suppose, in some ways, keep up with them. Um, but it's in a positive way, not a comparison negative way. And so it is so important, and you know, everything you're saying there is that you are actively searching for ways to be accountable or for ways to learn and absorb. Another thing that you said where I, I just love is that instead of reading the book once, you read it three times because you knew that you needed to. And it's that going that extra mile. But it didn't feel like work for you because you had the passion thrown into it and you were loving what you're doing. And you know, these are all massive things for people like find something that doesn't feel like work that you would do for free if you could, even though you wouldn't do it for free, necessarily. Um, because then it doesn't feel like hard work. I know, like when I was going through when we were going through lockdown, and there were periods of time when I wasn't working as much as I normally do. And I could feel my energy dropping in that because my, my work lifts me, it fills my soul. It fuels me. It makes me a better wife and, and mummy. Um, it, it is just a part of me. And I love learning, like you say. I absolutely love learning because I'm so interested in it. And it's not a chore. It's like, oh, my God, this is a real privilege to be able to learn this amazing stuff because this is going to help me and other people. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but it's just creating that mind and finding whatever that is. And if you don't know what it is yet, just start exploring what used to light you up when you were younger or what you would do for free if you had the choice. And allow your imagination, like you say, just start right at the, at the start. Allow yourself to daydream of your ideal life. If you had the opportunity to create, and if that feels too big, what would an ideal day look like for you? Mm -hmm. and play that over and over in your mind just getting used to who you would be in this ideal day how you would think how you would feel what you'd be wearing what you know what would you see what would you hear all of those amazing things just allows your um imagination to reignite doesn't it yes, for you exactly. then to get out of your own head of scarcity or lack or whatever it may be even for five ten minutes because that's five, 10 minutes that you haven't given yourself before. And if you can escape for five, 10 minutes, 
that in itself, your well-being, your motivation, your energy is absolutely amazing and game-changing. Um, and just, just daydream. Go somewhere where it feels really nice and calm, somewhere where you love being, where you just feel relaxed, and just sit there and allow your mind to wander. And that will then reignite stuff, won't it? Exactly. And it's so, so needed. And, you know, people are saying, okay, I don't have those 10 minutes. Really? Mm. You don't have 10 minutes. Yes. Those 10 minutes are life changing. Those 10 minutes put your energy at peace and at expansion as well. Because it's so, so important as an energy healer, I'm saying this now as well. It's so important that you really take care of your energy really take care of your energy and take those 10 minutes per day and do a proper self self-care appreciate things that you have in your life for example for money abundance everyone wants to have a money abundance in the life however when it comes um, from the energy perspective the ground fundamental rule is to appreciate what we already have in your lives mm -hmm. and if we don't appreciate and we are always like a um like in this, um, you know, like a hamster wheel chasing something. And there is no wonder that money abundance is not coming because mm. we need to sit back those 10 minutes, think about our lives, to think about future and also to be able to appreciate little things, not necessarily money related, what happens in our lives. Yeah. So that's really, really important. I, yeah, I even uh, learned uh, teaching now my sons, I have two boys at home, I even, they are just, <laughs> they are just two and three year old. And I'm so, so trying to teach them appreciate things. Mm. I speak a lot about appreciation and with them. They say, mommy, I appreciate you. And I can say, I appreciate you, Jackson. I appreciate you, Maxwell. We appreciate oh, Maxwell. <laughs> yeah, Maxwell. Yeah, Maxwell, <laughs> yeah. Right there. But exactly, appreciation and gratitude is massive. But, um, and again, that's just starting small, appreciating the fact that, you know, the sun's come up or you've got water in the morning. E even mm -hmm. if people are really struggling, it's like, have you got a bed to sleep in? Yes. Have you got a duvet? Yes. Well, are you feeling warm? Yes. Okay, so appreciate those things. It hasn't got to be big because if you're feeling shit, then you're going to resist all of that because you don't want to feel good because you're quite happy in this, I feel really awful style. And so you're, you almost stamp your feet and go, I'm not playing in this game. I'm not playing in it. But if you then start to look at the little things, um, <laughs> I just want to share an example of this whole escapism for five, 10 minutes and the power that it has. Um, when I met my husband, we obviously wanted to start family. Um, and our fertility journey it, uh, lasted 10 years. We made the heartbreaking decision 18 months ago that we just can't keep doing it anymore after two back-to-back -back miscarriage and stuff. Um, but when we first were trying to fall with our Maxwell, um, you get in a cycle, right, want to fall pregnant. Oh, it's not happened. Right, we'll try again. And then, but every, as the month passes and stuff passes, you start focusing on the fact that you're not wanting to fall pregnant. Of course, you are wanting to fall pregnant, but you're focusing on the fact that you haven't fallen pregnant. And so everything is like, oh, I've not fallen pregnant. I feel crap. I'm not, I haven't fallen pregnant. What's wrong with me? Blah, blah, blah. I'm investing everything because I'm not falling pregnant. And everything that you're doing is about 
not falling pregnant because you haven't fallen pregnant. And so your focus has shifted from falling pregnant to not falling pregnant. Um, and we tried everything. Um, we didn't go down the IVF route, but we tried. Uh, my, my husband um, had uh, issues with his sperm. And so he went on an absolute detox for six weeks and documented it and shared it with other men because he had 100% abnormal sperm. He, he cut out various things, which is another whole different topic. But within six weeks, um, he went from 100% abnormal to 93% abnormal. Well, the average is 96. So he went from totally written off to actually he's above average now, all from all of these changes that he was taking. Um, but again, we were still sort of losing ourselves. And then we made this decision. And so every day for 10 minutes, quite often when we were in the kitchen, making dinner together, we would talk as if we had a, a child. Um, or if we were in the car, we would speak as if our child was in the back. And it was, it sounded crazy. But for those 10 minutes, we believed that we had a child. And we started to see what that would look like in our lives and we allowed ourselves to feel that energy and we would laugh at ourselves because we'd be like oh my god this is just so ridiculous but it was bringing us back together and it was making us smile and and shifting us from this whole awful cycle that we were in and you know and he sometimes Jono would then like uh, pretend to tell our little one off if they've been a bit naughty or like say well kiss mummy we're off to bed or you know whatever we just role played um and no word of a lie, within four weeks of doing that, I fell pregnant with my now son. Um, and people will go, oh, well, that's just coincidence. I don't believe in coincidences. Mm. We let go of this whole cycle of not being pregnant and everything centered around the fact that we hadn't fallen pregnant yet. And we just allowed ourselves to just believe for 10 minutes every day that we had a baby and that it was possible and I get goosebumps now and I always I, I can feel that I guess I get goosebumps and I'm yeah. so happy about you honestly yeah. and you it's amazing that you managed to do those that you had belief to believe yeah. uh, for those 10 minutes I think it's mm. incredible mm. and I also don't believe in uh, just a con uh, you know nothing happens with no reason so yeah. I think it made a huge impact and uh, in manifestation it's really important that you don't feel attachment and uh, without uh, so when you were doing this energetic work and you were uh, imagining and feeling that baby is with you you were um, disconnecting this uh, attachment which was is so essential because people are so attached to their goals that they just if they don't de-attach themselves, then unfortunately things don't happen. Don't yeah, happen. yeah, yeah. Because we try and manipulate things, don't yeah. we? Um, <laughs> but it just shows, you know, all of throughout this whole conversation that you've had, you've you've brought in the fact that you've had fun, that you've trusted in it, that you've allowed yourself to imagine it, that you've had faith, um, but you've just enjoyed the process, mm -hmm. no matter whether it was housekeeping. Um, being sur like surrounded by people speaking a language you knew nothing about you still enjoyed and you absorbed and you just allowed yourself to do that and you know and then with that example of of us just in those 10 minutes because 10 minutes in energy work is actually limitless you know it might feel like oh it's only 10 minutes for you but you don't know what kind of boost that does for your whole everything 
Amazing. Um, and that's why, yeah, you know, when people say, oh, I haven't got time, no one's asking you to do something for an hour every day to start off with. Guarantee mm-hmm. once you've started, you'll happily do an hour because you know how much you'll benefit from it. But the reality is you don't need to to start off with. If you can just do f- like just even a couple of minutes in the shower of a morning because, you know, everyone showers and people say, I haven't got time. What else? You can't scroll on a phone when you're in the shower. So it's just you in the shower. Just allow your mind to just daydream. Absolutely. You know, one of the things that I suggest to my clients uh, who wants to grow their finances and to mm. have financial expansion is to put their favorite music on. Just choose a track you like. Mm. Uh, four minutes. <laughs> mm. And uh, just dance it out. And uh, dance it out with closed eyes and uh, connecting to your future version of you. So close your eyes and imagine the life you really want. You want yacht, you want living luxury, you want uh, high-paying high paying clients, you mm-hmm. want anything you want. Just imagine it around you that if you already have it all and mm-hmm. dance and celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And that's a major uh, way how you can magnetize your energy as well and just in four minutes. Yes. So it's, and yeah, and this is a practice what my clients love and I personally love it as well. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think music is so powerful. So, so powerful. Yeah. Um, without a doubt. And it can shift you and it can take <laughs> you from where you are right now into so many different memories or possibilities or opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And I think, yeah, that's, you know, a great starting point, isn't it? Because you say, you know, it's four minutes that won't even feel hard because you're doing something that you love. And, you know, um, I was speaking to a lady on one of the interviews and, and my, one of my biggest beefs is when people say they haven't got time. And she said she always gets her clients to write down their whole day marking out time and how long it takes them to do something like, I don't know, clean teeth, have lunch, whatever. And soon you realise that you've actually got quite a big chunk of free time you just have never allowed yourself to associate or you refuse to because then you lose that excuse but the reality is you know you look at Oprah you look at um uh Simon Cowell or you know any of these big wigs that are totally rocking it in the world but the one thing we have in common with them is we all have 24 hours in the day Mark Zuckerberg you know whoever all of these big business people what do they do with their time versus what we do they haven't got 36 hours in their day. Mm-hmm. They've got 24 hours in their day and they've gone on to make billions and they're very successful and they've learned to manage their self-doubt and to build a life that they want to live. Well, that's through sacrifice, that's through time management, that's through not making the excuses, which again reminds me of something that you said because you made a lot of sacrifices, like you said to your mum, don't disturb me, I'm studying and stuff. And again, you connected the the why, integrating with the UK, you know, as a place for you to live. Prior to that, it was helping, making sure that your mum was secure. And so you were willing to sacrifice whatever because you saw the bigger picture. And now I, I bet you wouldn't necessarily even say it was a sacrifice because it taught you so much. Absolutely. If I look back now, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm actually proud of myself that I did the way I did. If I would need to go back again in this housekeeping job just for my future, I would do it again. Mm. Uh, Because, uh, you know, 
I am happy where I'm now. I gained uh, financial security, what I was after I gained. So now I have another challenges, another other phase in my life. Mm. Um, but I definitely wouldn't call any more sacrifice. Mm. Uh, I think that that was the best. I think when we do something for our heart, for our family, uh, for something that we really, really love and appreciate in our lives, there are never sacrifices. Yes, that is always just, a, and I think in terms of the time management and everything, it's uh, so important to focus, to, to have this focus on things that truly matters to you, because we, we can sit for hours and doubt ourselves, or we can actually face the doubt and do things, because I firmly believe that doubt will shade the way as we do action. As we action things, doubt will go away. Mm. We just need to take this first step and to focus on really big picture what we want from life why we do it why so it's really important i see this is a really important and to appreciate what we already have in our lives mm. appreciate what is coming appreciation i think is something that is really really important for everyone <laughs> i love it i love it do you know what i i, I could talk to you for hours um <laughs> I absolutely adore you. I think you're. I think you're a real inspiration, and I think um, the world would benefit if there was a lot more people like you in the world. And I'm really hoping that, as a result of just this hour of chatting, that people have um, taken the ideas to then start to create their own version of them, so they can start to do the things that you, that you have achieved. Because you are amazing, um, and you never give up. And you keep going. And I know that your mum will be incredibly proud of you and thankful for everything that, that you've done. Um, but you're truly, truly inspiring. Um, how can people stay in your world? Where, where can they find you? Because I know we haven't even touched on the fact that you've moved from the financials then into your own business. Um, as I said, you know, in the intro, helping other women with their financial security, but also to help them to move forward. Um, in any area of their life as well as obviously financial but where will people be able to connect to you and to follow you um so so thank you so much emma for all those kind words i oh. really feel the same about you you are towards um inspiration i really admire you for everything that you went through really <laughs> thank oh, okay. you so much uh, for sharing with me your story as well um so people can find me on instagram or facebook i am gundaga financial coach uh, and i work mainly with uh, business financial management mm -hmm. uh, with spiritual people and i help them to uh, grow profits and uh, so they can build the business they aspire. And mm. through my work, usually it is uh, lots of energy work. I'm energy healer. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of money mindset work and mm -hmm. lots of um, money strategy, uh, financial strategy in the practical steps. Yes. So I am the person who is offering all three in one. Uh, wow. So and very often when people come to me, uh, we discover so many uh, sabotaging beliefs which are coming not from entirely directly from finances mm. but there are a lot of past traumas and some things that are holding them back and my job is to give new beginnings uh, to people 
So I am here to give new beginnings and also in terms of the finances. So to open the eyes and new perspectives, new income streams and new ways of thinking and doing. And yes. <laughs> so. I, love it. I love it. I love it. I think everything that you stand for is, is amazing. Um, so thank you so much. It's been an honor and a privilege to, to have you on the show today. Um, and I can't wait for everyone to, to hear this episode because there are so many amazing, um, simple, but incredibly effective nuggets that, that can really help people to just break that cycle and take those first few steps and then to really build on. So you've been amazing. And thank you everyone for listening today. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. So bye for now. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.